Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wunch Time, your bi-weekly podcast for bivocational and busy pastors. So glad you're with us today. Got a really special podcast for you today, but before we get too far, as we do all the time, I want us to pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace, your love, your mercy, which uh, is beyond our understanding, uh, is beyond our ability to give back to you, and yet you continue to pour it out upon us. We thank you for that. We pray that you would be with our pastors, be with those that are listening, be with those that um, will just find this useful in the days ahead, that you would be glorified and honored in Christ's name. Amen. Well, like I said, we do have some special guests with us today, but before we do that, uh, a couple of quick housekeeping things. Number one, uh, if you would like to email the show, would love for you to do that. The email address for the show is hans at onechtime.com. That's H-A-N is a nice, S at onechtime.com. And uh, also... We would love your opinions. We would love your feedback. And if you like this on Apple or Spotify or any of those things, please like and subscribe. That way you'll know when one of the new episodes like this one comes out. And so we're very grateful for that. And so uh, today I've got a couple of special guests with me. To, uh, and that is, number one, my son, Micaiah, and his fiance Holly Duplain. Micaiah, Holly, please say hello. 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 So they are both students at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Uh, also, Holly works for the school, and so we've got a lot of different perspectives. Uh, I'm a, an alum from Southeastern Seminary, so we're going to talk a little bit about how it's changed over the years, uh, hopefully in good ways, and how uh, things that are going on today, because I feel like it's a, it's a fantastic seminary experience. And so we're going to talk about these things. So first thing, um, Micaiah, please tell us how you landed at Southeastern Seminary. Well, that's a fantastic question. Um, <laughs> and I didn't have a tickle in my throat until we started recording. And so please excuse all of my uh, clearings of throats and things. Um, so when I was uh, 16 and a half, we moved from South Carolina to Georgia, where, you know, the Wunsch family resides now. And when I was 18, I decided to start going to Charleston Southern University uh, because I felt called to that school, not necessarily called to that degree that I was uh, studying whenever I first got there, which was criminal justice. But then a year into being in Charleston Southern, uh, that summer, I felt the call to ministry and to uh, follow after uh, some footsteps before me from my father in more ways than one, which included uh, going to Southeastern. Um, there was a lot of factors that led me to Southeastern, but one of the things was just the desire to have a Master's of Divinity um, because I knew that God was calling me to preach and be a pastor to some form. And um, that also led me to meeting my lovely fiance Holly and some other fantastic relationships that I know will be uh, lifelong and also getting to know some people and like professors and things and reading some fantastic literature. But uh, yeah, what got me there was just God's grace and uh, a lot of recommendation from a lot of different people about the faculty there. So. Okay. Great. And Holly, same question. What drew you to Southeastern? 
So I didn't start off uh, after college wanting to go to seminary. I went to a different institution to study a completely different field. And then the Lord just kind of called me to ministry while I was there, which was pretty cool, but kind of changed all of my life. So I moved back home and I uh, just worked for two years. And then the Lord kind of put it on my heart to pursue theological education. And at the time, I was really interested in ethics and helping the church speak well uh, in, into controversial issues um, like within our own country here. And so Southeastern has a really great uh, program in ethics. And so that's kind of what drew me there to begin with. Okay, great. And so um, now that you've both been there for, so Micaiah, you've been there how many semesters? I have been there for this is your fourth semester so far, including this one. Okay, this is your fourth semester in Holly. Uh, this is my sixth semester. S- sixth semester. Okay, so uh, they've been there for two years and three years, respectively. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now that you've been there for a little while, um, tell us what your experience feels like. What? Wh- how do you do? You feel better equipped for ministry? What are some things you're taking away from your classes? That sort of stuff. So I feel that there's a lot of classes at Southeastern right the second that I have learned a lot from, but maybe not the ones that I thought that I was going to learn a lot from. Um, one of the classes that I've learned probably the most from so far is uh, Biblical Hebrew with Dr. Borger, and it wasn't necessarily because I was learning Hebrew. It was because Dr. Borger was teaching it. And we were drawing a lot from different cultures and languages. And then that ties into one of the very first classes that I took at Southeastern, which was uh, Intro to World Missions with Dr. Matthias. And that was a fantastic class for just an introduction of different cultures and different like strategies within missions, but also just like understanding that like, like, like at Southeastern, we're kind of in a bubble. Which also leads me to say that even though there are a lot of classes and a lot of things to learn at Southeastern, at some point, I feel like the equipping comes from experience to a degree. And some some of the practical classes I think are fantastically laid out, but coming out of that class, like there's no substitute for actual experience, especially in things like church planning and missions and discipleship and evangelism and things. Okay, great. And Holly? I would say I do feel better equipped for ministry um, in the sense that I've learned to love the Lord better and learned to appreciate the gospel and understand it in ways that I didn't think, uh, like, I guess I came in thinking, oh, I know the gospel and everything, but having taken theology and uh, just other courses, Old Testament, even like going back and seeing how the gospel is woven through the Old Testament. So clearly sometimes like I just didn't realize it was like that. And I think that's really, again, just to be faced with uh, what Jesus did for us on the cross and what all of that means again and again. And the fact not so much, yes, he saved us from our sin, but he saved us to relationship with himself and to just joy and peace and I think I'm learning more to look forward to that and to incorporate that into gospel conversations I want to have mm-hmm. with people. And so I'd say, yes, I am better equipped because I feel um, 
I just have a deeper joy in the Lord. And we talk about this a lot in like one of the missions class I have, and even in a church revitalization class now that your relationship with the Lord is really like if, if that's strong, it's going to overflow into your relationships with other people, which is evangelism, discipleship, fellowship with fellow believers. So I think loving the Lord better is transferring to loving his bride and loving the lost better. Okay, so a, a typical semester looks like um, 16 weeks. I think it's right? 14. 14 weeks? Maybe. I yeah. took my last math class five years ago, and I have knowledge <laughs> back, so I'm going to trust your word on that. Okay, something along those lines. There's also two big breaks normally. Uh, in the spring semester, there's a spring break and a Easter break, and in the fall, there is a fall break and a Thanksgiving break. Um, and then there's some other downtimes and that sort of stuff. But uh, what I was, where I was going with all this was... Um, how do you feel that the the way the semester is laid out impacts um, your studies? Impacts how you um, how you move forward? That sort of thing. So, honestly, when I first came to seminary, which is the spring of twenty twenty, I didn't realize that we had two full like full week breaks. Uh, personally, I think that's awesome, especially because the one in the spring falls around Easter time, which is not a break that you get in other institutions. Um, so I, I think that's helpful for the sense of having the two long breaks to me. I'm like, okay, if I'm behind, you know, around halfway in the semester, then I have time to catch up or I can get ahead if I want to. And then knowing that, you know, as things are getting busier and busier towards the end, we have that, that second break. Both of that, that's been helpful to me in preparing for looking ahead for planning out the whole semester. Yeah, I would say that I really enjoy having the two breaks. And I I would say that the fall breaks are a lot more helpful than the spring breaks to me because they're spaced out a little more evenly. It seems like for me that every time that we get to the spring semester, the spring breaks are like three weeks apart maybe like maybe four and those three weeks in between are like usually the busiest of the entire semester mm. but at the same time like that's kind of beneficial too because it gives you like a hard start and stop to like that grind between those two uh breaks which can be like really helpful especially when you know all the professors are you know kind of putting the papers and tests in at the same time and so it's like okay like i can breathe on both sides of this and so prepare whichever way you can. So I would say they're helpful. I like how it's laid out. And I would also say that I like how they do some of the like extra semester classes that you can take, not extras in like on the semester itself, but like extras in apart from. So like their summer term classes and their J term classes and their even classes during the breaks, if you are so brave like are a fantastic option for like students that are um, like online or are like hybrid students. And I think those have been some of the like most uh, beneficial classes because of when they're located, like they're located in like the first half of the summer or like for one week in January and things like this. So I, th I feel like Southeastern really does try to work with a student schedule. And one thing that I've really, benefited from is their 
understanding that most of us have full-time jobs. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Micaiah, how many of those non-semester classes have you taken since you've been here? Uh, just three. Three. Um, three and a couple of hybrid. I guess hybrid classes count, too. So a hybrid class will be like one weekend out of the semester, even the normal semester. And you'll go to class for like 18 hours. Um, but then you're doing work before that class and then work after that class. Yeah, the hybrid classes will function as an online class except for that one weekend. And so that one weekend gives you a chance to be a student at the institution and interact with other students and with the professor in a non-online fashion. But besides those, I've taken one J-term class where we were in class for uh, five days from you know eight to three. And then two halfway through the summer courses, one was a night class and one was during the week. And those are both like really helpful for me to knock out some of my biblical languages. Okay. And Holly, have you taken any of those kind of classes? Um, I've taken a normal summer term, so that's 10 weeks, but I did take a J term actually with Micaiah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed that because you do the prep work beforehand. So again, like he said, it was in January since the J term. So during Christmas break, maybe that doesn't sound like a lot of fun to a lot of people, but we took Christology in January. So, you know, we're celebrating the incarnation and we're reading about the incarnation. Right. And so that was really cool. But you have all the prep work kind of done on the first half. So then when you're in class, it, you're really prepared to discuss and engage with other students. And then I like having it condensed because my brain's in that mode. Like for that week, I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about Christology yeah. and getting my questions answered. And if there's a question in the morning, we come back in the afternoon. I don't have to wait until, you know, the next week when we have class or two days later, maybe I've forgotten by then. So yeah, I would, I really like the J-term format. Very good. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the seminary and its uh, missionary focus. Hey, so just want to make sure that you're aware of my book, Proclaiming the Kingdom of God. It's available on Amazon, and we would love for you to pick that up. It is about the, the subject that Jesus basically couldn't stop talking about all the way through the Gospels. He talks about the kingdom of God more than any other subject uh, in Scripture. And so we talk about what it is and why it's important and how you can incorporate the teaching of what the kingdom of God is in your teaching and preaching. So check it out on Amazon. You can look it for it by my name, or you can look for it by the title, Proclaiming the Kingdom of God. All right, so we're back with Micaiah and Holly, and we're going to talk a little bit about Southeastern. And for a while now, Southeastern has had a focus, a missions focus, and I am going. Like everywhere you go, even at the school, but like whenever you see Southeastern out and about, like at a state convention or the national convention or whatever, I am going is a big deal to them. It's, it's something that they're constantly talking about. So how do you feel that that's impacted your classwork? And what do you, what's, what's the effect of that when, when you are in class, when you're interacting with other students, how is that important? Is it a big deal? If so, what does that look like? So uh, one of Southeastern's plumb lines maybe is that they want to make every classroom a great commission classroom. So I think there's definitely um, like a focus or at least 
a push on how can we incorporate this uh, into evangelism. And that's easier in some classes maybe than others. But even in my Hebrew class, um, we've talked about, you know, we're learning about this language. And so if you're talking to people who want to kind of challenge the authenticity of the Bible, if you're in some sort of conversation with them, then you're well equipped for that. Like even this is helpful. Um, so I think that's been good. At our chapels, they have missionary spotlights at least once a week where they talk about, I think, alumni from Southeastern who are out doing something. And it could be even somewhere in the States serving. Um, and then we pray for them and, and we see their needs and everything. So it's kind of woven uh, throughout classes and in chapel. I think there's a missions emphasis week, maybe in conferences that they have. Um, yeah, that's been my experience. Okay, that's great. So, Micaiah, how about you? What do you think as far as the mission's emphasis at Southeastern? Well, I mean, I would definitely play off of what Ali was saying and say that, like, yeah, every class is a great commission classroom. And the another plumb line is that Southeastern is a great commission seminary, which I think that all of our Southern Baptist seminaries should be. Um, but I think that it really does play out into pretty much every aspect of Southeastern where we're learning about practical application for all the things that we're learning. So we're not just learning this like head knowledge. We're also learning like how to apply it, how to share it, why it matters. A lot of the first lectures in my church history class and in my Baptist history class and in my philosophy class is like, why are we doing this? I thought we were a Great Commission seminary. And I think that question's valid, but they always give that answer of we're learning church history so that we don't like cause people to stumble in the church because we're getting a lot of theology from church history. Like The language that we use is theology, and the language that we use has been used for a long time most of the time. Right. And... Same with philosophy. Like philosophy is like we're now defending the things that we think that we know, and we're also thinking about these things deeper. Like when people ask, like, okay, well, you don't have to be a pastor or don't have to have an MDiv to be a pastor. Like, yes, that is absolutely the case. I don't believe that. But having an MDiv and studying to get an MDiv, in my case, is very beneficial for just thinking rightly about God and so that we aren't leading people astray and so that we aren't like we're dealing with people's lives as one of our favorite professors would say and I really think that because it's a great commission seminary like sometimes we're thinking a little too big and sometimes like I would say that we don't always apply for like the right here and the right now and like people are some some people not all people but some people have emphasized like what they're going to do and what they're going to do and what they're going to do and where they're going. But the fact of the matter is, is a lot of the other classes that have been in at Southeastern have also been like, but you're doing things now and right. what you're doing now matters. Right. Okay. And so I, one of the things that I took away from my seminary days was that um, you need to be aware of um, mission work so that the church in America can help support mission work around America and around the world. Um, so one of the things that, you know, these are all things that I, I gleaned while uh, at Southeastern. And so I feel like that was one of the big things that, that I took away from it is like, I have, so, so I would study alongside people who 
were at the at Southeastern for two years and then would go to another country to proclaim the gospel and do studies for two years. And so then these are relationships now that I've had for 20 plus years. And that allows me to say, and I know someone in this area or I'm aware of some of the work that's going on because of relationships that I have. Um, so I, I think that's that's definitely a great thing. So thanks for sharing all those things. Uh, one one other thing that I really wanted to talk about is Holly actually works for uh, the seminary, and uh, and I don't know how much she's actually going to be able to share about the work that she does. Um, but if she can kind of share how the work that she gets to do helps. Um, make sure that the gospel is proclaimed throughout the whole world. So I work in our Global Theological Initiatives office, um, and that has different subsets. And you can read all about these on Southeastern's website. But basically, um, our leader says that we want to train the generals of the global church. So I think this really is a place where Southeastern's Heart for Missions comes in because we are training up people in our own context in who many of them will go to our country and some of them will take the gospel to other countries, but we also care about equipping the global church um, in language and in their context. Um, I think that's something that Southeastern, like being there has helped me see and working in my office and being around people from different cultures is just, uh, there are different perspectives out there. And when we engage in conversation with other believers from other cultures, different ages, um, all kinds of things, like we can really learn a lot from each other. And so that's been a really positive aspect of working there. It's really broadened my, uh, my heart for people and just uh, seeing the church build itself up has been encouraging. And the Global Initiatives has groups of like language groups right where where people are kind of gathered together in language groups and and, and a lot of those people are not serving in the united states is, is that yes yeah. yeah that's correct and they're around the world right uh, and in dozens of countries maybe even well over 100 countries i yeah, don't know just different contexts yeah of, a lot of countries so that's that's really exciting to see that um Little old Wake Forest, buried in in the heart of North Carolina, is having an impact in the the far corners and reaches of of the world, and and pushing back against lostness and darkness. Um, and I think that's that's a really exciting thing for me as somebody who's in ministry. Um, so, and I feel like that's something that our our listeners would want to hear about. One of the other things that is a con- is something that I've heard concerns about um, over the past couple of years, and that is the the kind of education that you're being taught. So there's there is a a global concern right now about education in general and and what that looks like and whether or not students today are being taught things that do not align with Scripture. Um, whether that be in the public school setting or the collegiate setting or the seminary setting. Uh, and, and people have even said that schools like Southeastern have drifted away from the centrality of the gospel. So I feel like this is a great opportunity for some folks who are in the mix <laughs> to either confirm or deny that is actually going on. So would love for you all to speak to that. I, I can wholeheartedly deny that 
Southeastern is engaged in anything other than teaching the Bible and teaching people to read it for themselves, but also to guide them in right thinking about the Bible and henceforth right acting out God's commandment to make disciples and to make them of all nations, but including the one that we're in. And I don't think that they teach anything as one of our favorite professors also would say, uh, anything other than what the Baptist faith message 2000 says. And that's been my experience at all times. Yeah. I've never had an experience where I was like, Whoa, this is a heresy. Um, I think, yeah, they all emphasize the gospel. They all emphasize inerrancy of scripture, sufficiency, um, the sufficiency of Christ. There's never a question about that. Um, no, I, I think they, they all strive to maintain biblical faithfulness. So the 50 cent words that you all would know, but maybe our listeners may not, is that you would say that Southeastern is teaching you orthodoxy and orthopraxy. In other words, right thinking as well as uh, being able to use the scripture to help inform how you live as gospel mm-hmm. citizens. Okay. Well, that's good to know, and uh, of course, I knew that already, and and I've been trying to bang that drum, but I wanted to make sure that you got to hear it from folks who are actually living in it right now, because I know people who went to Southeastern uh, during the 70s and, and during the 80s, and it wasn't that way, and they they tell me horror stories, and it's it sounds awful, and uh, I can't imagine what those things look like or, 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 or were like. But I'm just very glad that um, those sorts of things aren't going on now. And uh, we can celebrate what Christ is doing at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Micaiah and Holly, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Glad thank to be here. Thank you for having us. Yes. And we hope to hear from you and see you next time. Mm-hmm.